0: Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Hello and welcome to Life Coaching Comedians. We're here. There is no client confidentiality because. It's funny. I'm your life coach, Lexis Chardet, and today I have a new client joining me, Miss Kate Borrell. Kate may not be a vegan, but she can't get enough of those vegan carne asada nachos, or that BBC, wink wink. She likes to spend her free time watching Riverdale because it's so bad that it's so good. Kate performs both blue and clean comedy. When she's not performing comedy, she's helping young children with disabilities. Aw, what a gal. She's very active in the Phoenix scene and has some sketches coming soon. Keep an eye out for her. So without further ado, here's our session. Enjoy. Wow. Hello, Kate. How are you doing today?
1: Not the best, but still great.
2: So tell me what's going on. Why are you not having the best day?
1: Um, I did wake up early. Okay. I went to an ATM. Mm Mm-hmm. Discovered that ATM wasn't working. Mm Mm-hmm forgot that I didn't eat breakfast. forgot that my phone wasn't on.
3: mm-hmm and
1: that in that the battery was very low. mm-hmm. I walked outside, discovered it was cold.
2: And then what else? What else is bothering you this morning?
1: I had to go meet with my personal trainer later today. I'm wondering how I'm gonna do that without a car, and then gotta go to work later today.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I gotta write some emails up.
2: Sounds like a typical type of day, but just a little rough in the morning, it sounds
1: like. Yeah, I wish yeah. the coffee was stronger.
2: Yeah. We always wish coffee was stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have any crack in my coffee today.
1: <laughs> oh, dang. Do I have to go to Mesa to find the crack in coffee?
2: Uh, maybe. That would be actually a great <sighs> business idea venue. If only crack was legal. I mean, <laughs> I think it is. I mean, sugar is crack, really, I think. It's the legal crack. Um, yeah, it exactly, exactly. I like, yeah, we seem to be right here with each other. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So besides, you know, the rough hiccups this morning, well, what brought you in today? Why, uh, why did you want to do a therapy session?
1: You know, just have somebody to talk to.
2: Okay. And what is it that you want to talk about? Is there something in particular?
1: Hmm. I guess... Things in my life. Like what? Well, I do wonder if I'll ever get to the successful point in comedy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I think about my relationship with my parents. And then I think about... I've been, I just recently discovered my sexuality is fluid, but I won't talk about that enough. I love that dog, but I don't know how to tell that dog. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so,
2: let's start with the your sexuality being fluid. Tell me exactly, what does that mean?
1: I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, I never really thought I was straight.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, growing up, I never really seemed to be interested in relationships.
3: Okay, okay. So.
2: What were you interested in?
1: Nothing, really.
2: I mean. (laughs) I mean. Were you interested in, like, some sort of sport or maybe a class activity or, I mean. Yeah,
1: I was interested in activities I was doing, like. Dance a band.
2: Okay. What instrument did you play?
1: I used to play the saxophone. A couple of No way,
2: me too. Which one though?
1: Uh alto, saxophone, tenor saxophone. I
0: played the alto as well. I wish I could just pick that shit right back up and be like
1: I wish my saxophones were working again. Yeah. That
0: would be weird. Well that's cool. We have something. And then I
1: also used to play guitar Mm. And uh, then
2: I stopped doing that. Okay, so you you were you're a creative person then for sure. I mean you have to be if you're in comedy. Yeah. So you said you weren't interested in relationships. Uh, when was the first time you found yourself interested in another individual other than yourself and maybe a romantic way?
1: Hmm. I'm guessing it had to be around 2015.
2: And how old were you at that time?
1: I was twenty. Okay. And it was a, it was a close friend.
2: Was it a female, a male?
1: Well, it was a male. Okay. That that but that's when I didn't have I I I, I keep forgetting like I had my first kiss at nineteen but it was with a married woman, Ooh. but it was for this uh, failed sketch comedy thing uh from long story short the guy that recruited several of uh, my classmates and i from an acting class that i was just taking uh just to have credits
3: mm mm-hmm.
1: he was holding them at this hookah lounge these rehearsals a hookah lounge
2: or uh, a hooker lounge
1: hooker lounge
2: hookah, uh, hookah. like oh okay hookah.
1: okay it's it's a morning mm-hmm. <laughs> so We're at the hookah lounge, and uh, instead of writing stuff down, we were just making shit up off the top of our heads Mm -hmm. by just acting out random ideas, and this woman, this married woman, she has an idea that she and I are gonna play lovers who are old lovers who are trapped in a car and we can't get out
3: Mm -hmm.
1: because we're seniors and we're very horny seniors and we just happen to be stuck in the missionary position Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so she's
1: like I'm gonna be the man and you're gonna be the woman and we're lying down on this couch Mm -hmm. and uh, she does the dry humping thing and someone else is calling 911, like, oh, these seniors are stuck in a car, they can't get up. Mm-hmm. They got up in a different way. And in the middle of that, a kiss happened.
3: Oh, okay,
2: and it was kind of like improv, or was it scripted, or? It
1: was improv.
2: Okay, and did she initiate the kiss, did you yeah. initiate the kiss? She okay.
1: initiated the kiss. And how did that make you
2: feel, even though you were like in character in that moment?
1: Flustered, Flustered? is the right word flustered I feel like
2: flus- shocked. flustered flustered uh, I feel like when someone's flustered there's irritability there were you irritable or
1: no I wasn't mm-hmm. irritable it's more like a shock
2: okay okay maybe a little embarrassed yeah okay
1: the kiss
2: was nice it was nice so you, you you enjoyed it i did okay and then so after that happened was that when you started to wonder about your sexuality
1: I was wondering why I'd never seemed interested in anybody at the time. Mhm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, cuz I know people my age that talk about having high school crushes. And I'm like, I've never had that. I knew people in high school that were high school lovers that broke up mm-hmm. eventually. Mhm. And I I don't know. I never seemed to care.
2: And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, society puts, you know, kind of like these rules and timelines on us, you know, like, oh, be married by 22 and have kids by 25. And everyone's on their own thing. And just because you didn't have any love interest, that's honestly, I think that's a good thing. A lot of people don't focus on themselves. A lot of people don't even know themselves. How can you be in a relationship and love someone else when you don't even know yourself and what you like and some people don't even love themselves and are in relationships so i hope you're not looking at this as uh, a bad thing um it's definitely not i think you have such an advantage um for one of finding what it is that you truly want as you're trying to figure it out and two as you said earlier getting that success in your comedy because you're so focused on yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, um do you wanna talk more about this? Is there is there
1: something I mean, sure. Okay. So I've always had people approach me. I've mm. Never been the one never been the one approaching people until like a couple of years ago.
2: Okay. So when was the first time you approached someone?
1: Um I approached somebody on a bus and I handed him notes asking him what book he was reading. And he would hand me a note back and write on it and tell me the na- name of the book. And from there we were just exchanging these little notes on the bus until we got each other's phone numbers.
2: So how, how long were you guys exchanging notes? Was this in one setting this or was over time? This was
1: a one setting. Okay. One were you, setting, one bus ride. Was then this we in went high on a school No, 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 no. This is like 2017. Okay, okay. I'm past high school at this point. Mm-hmm.
2: Then you went on a date.
1: Then we on some dates. And, uh, well, this person is currently my boyfriend, so...
2: Oh, so you are in a relationship now? Yes. Okay, great. Cool. And the, check that out. First time you approach someone. So, um, you guys are in a relationship now, and how long have you been in this relationship? Two years. Okay, and since you've been in this relationship, you've been getting approached by people?
1: It seems to be happening since I've lost a lot of weight. I used to be fatter, then I work, then I started working out, uh, and went to a kickboxing gym up in Glendale. Mm-hmm. Then I traded that for a boxing gym at Scottsdale, mm-hmm. and I've managed to lose over 70 pounds.
2: Congratulations!
1: Yeah, there's ups and downs to that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like there are more downs than ups. Maybe it's because I'm a woman, but... Well, it's not, I have uh, men uh, trying to get my attention a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some of those men, though, they... They do it in a way that's very harassing,
3: mm-hmm. the wolf
1: whistle particularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just been one week where two different occasions I've been wolf whistled at the same spot.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> and this is while you're at the gym, or...?
1: No, no, this is while I'm on the street, walking to Walmart. Mmm, Mexicans. Yes and no. Mm. (laughs) I mean, the one guy that wolf whistled at me was definitely a white guy. Oh. In a Jeep.
2: Mm. Some Mexicans look white, though. Did they say what after the whistle?
1: They didn't say any. They were just driving away as soon as they wolf whistled, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Also, oh, yeah, I, I know some Mexicans look white. I've mm-hmm. met them.
2: Yeah. I can completely relate to you. I've had a lot of wolf whistles in my time, and it's just something about it, right? This like this rage just comes inside of you, and you just want to,
1: what the fuck are you whistling at? You
2: know? I want to do that a lot.
1: I had a joke where I said, like, oh, this is where I think I should have a gun.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, it is the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. hmm
1: Just shoot at cars. Mm
2: hmm Yeah. So, um, do you like the attention that you're getting? Do you you like some of it? Not all of
1: it? I don't like all of it. Mm hmm I mean, because it feels like recently everyone's got something to say about my body.
3: Mm. You know,
1: some people are trying to be positive about it. Like, wow, you look... So much better. Look at the process you're making. Some people are negative about it. Mm -hmm. Like my own mother, who's like, well, if you just lose some back fat here and some other fat here, you'll look great. Then you can get rid of your double chin. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Does your mother understand that um, you can't target where you lose the weight? Does she understand that?
1: (sighs) If she doesn't, that's not on me. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, you can't... I was a personal trainer myself uh, for a number of years, and you can't target where you lose fat. You can target where your muscles grow, but you can't target where or you lose Or you fat. can
1: just target... Where your fat is by going to a, a surgeon. Yes, <laughs> you could definitely. <laughs> they do that. can target mm-hmm. the fat. They're like. Let's so draw it here, sounds let's like. Oh, I mean, you did
2: bring up the relationship with your parents earlier. Um, okay. Before we move, I, I would like to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but before we do get to that, um, so it's interesting because uh, you. You know, the first time you approached a a man, um, obviously you caught that man, so to speak, and you've been together um, for two years now. Um, So when exactly was it that you started maybe feeling attractions towards women or thinking that you're quote-unquote fluid?
1: I think it started happening after the the weight loss Mm -hmm. and realizing... Oh, women are cuter than men sometimes.
2: Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So would you say that it's more of an adoration for women and their beauty, or do you find yourself wanting to maybe maybe you're fantasizing about women? or
1: More on the fantasy side.
2: Okay, that's awesome. I find myself fantasizing about women from time to time as well. And is it a particular woman, or I mean, what is what is it that you're fantasizing about? Hmm, I don't
1: know exactly. I mean, cause it's always a different woman, so it's never the same woman. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Maybe companionship.
2: Okay, because women know women better, kind of a thing, or maybe. Okay. And have you ever engaged with the women romantically, or has it just been purely fantasies so far?
1: Purely fantasies. Okay.
2: Well, I don't think that's anything that you should feel confused about or anything. Mm -hmm. I think it's fairly normal. Um, You know, our our souls, they don't really have a gender. Um, I don't know what you believe as far as afterlife or you know what happens when we leave here but there are some theories that um we are you know reincarnated and before you reincarnate you get to decide whether you come back as a male or a female to learn certain lessons that you maybe you didn't learn in the life before but your soul it it has no gender so Um, I know that seems like kind of a cliche thing or something a gay person would say, but um, it it makes sense, right? It makes sense when you think about these people that, you know, struggle because society has these gender roles that we had to fit into. Um, But at the end of the day, it's your life. And that's all that matters is if you're happy. Um, Have you expressed this to your boyfriend and thought about exploring it together?
1: We talk about it.
2: Yeah. And, how, and he seems pretty open and receptive to it. I mean, what man would it be? But he he
1: like, he likes when I talk about stuff, and he's like, oh, fire. But we haven't actually planned anything like a threesome.
2: Yeah. Well, sometimes threesomes aren't planned. You can plan them if you meet someone on board, but sometimes it just happens. But I think you should explore it, especially if your boyfriend is being open, and see how it makes you feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you should explore that a little bit. Um, so tell me about your your relationship with your parents.
1: Hmm. You know, sometimes it's okay, and then sometimes, sometimes they get mad
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. at me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. my My dad told me that regarding my mom, it's like. It's hard to please her, so... Are they, they still married? Try. They're still married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then... Gosh, I keep wondering whether or not I should mention what my mom said about my dad, but then, like, that's a private conversation. Mm. I don't know.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: Um, so, you said sometimes it's okay. So Is there something in particular that happened that... Maybe caused you some trauma?
1: Well, I did grow up around two siblings that both have severe autism. Okay, okay. And there were times where my brother was prioritized over me.
2: Are you the youngest, middle? I'm
1: the middle. Okay. I was the middle.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So there's another one.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, when I say I was the middle, I'm, I'm basically saying my brother's dead now.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And now I realize, with my brother being dead, the question of how many siblings do you have—that's—that seems harsh when you when you have a sibling that died, and it's like. Well, how do you answer that? Do you now say you're the oldest, or are you like, oh, I was the middle. Now I graduated the oldest. Mm-hmm. but I used to be the youngest as well.
2: I I think you can say whatever you feel is right. I mean, I mean here, you know, this is a this is a good setting. You should feel open to speak to me about whatever it is you wish. But when you're out there with strangers or whatever, if you don't want to open up those cans of worms, you don't have to. It's really no one's business. Right. Um, so, if you don't mind me asking, how long ago was your brother's passing?
1: Uh, two years ago, too.
2: Two, two years ago, okay. So, uh, you think that your parents are still struggling with that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I still struggle with it myself. hmm
2: hmm And do you find that since his passing, your parents have been more difficult, or...
1: In a way, I think they've invested so much in loving him and taking care of him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in a way, his life was wasted, but that's not his fault.
3: hmm
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, it's, it's hard to say sometimes, but when you look at the bigger picture, you know, life and death those unfortunate those unfortunate experiences of losing a loved one there is a bigger picture behind it you know Mm -hmm. everyone has their time everyone has their contract and when their time is up here and then there are lessons for all of us to learn as well after that person passes Mm -hmm. and um it sounds like you know I mean I don't know a ton about your parents but if um, you're saying your mother is hard to please, she's never really. She
1: loved my. She really loved my brother unconditionally, mm-hmm. and that was because he was a very easygoing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: sweet, charismatic young but guy. But your mother
2: should also love you unconditionally too.
1: Yeah, but she also compares me to my dad's mom because my dad's mom decided not to have open arms with my mom back when they were dating.
3: Mm-hmm, mm
1: mm-hmm. yeah, My dad's family has been meh about my mom, and that's really hurt her because she's really wanted an extended family.
3: hmm mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So... But my dad's mom in particular has been nasty towards her and, and telling her some crap that... They don't talk now, but it's still obviously affects my mom, and then she chastises me for being like her, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, but I didn't have a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. I could have, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: but back to, back to when I was like two years old, I believe, I don't remember much about this, but apparently my dad's parents decided that they were going to take a child to Mexico... And they had a house all set up, and my cousin's mom approached my mom and uh, told her, like, oh, they have a girls' room set up in Mexico. Are they going to take my daughter? And it turned out uh, my dad's parents called uh, Child Protective Services to claim that my parents were making my brother act up and act disabled mm-hmm. so that they can take me away from my parents and then my and then my dad's parents can take me and bring me to Mexico.
2: Wow. And who told you this story?
1: My parents. Your
2: parents told you this story. Okay. Okay. Um, do you like to read? I do.
1: Okay. So a book I read is called Mostly Dead Things. Mostly dead things. Mostly dead things. So it's about this lesbian woman. She's kind of like a guy in that she doesn't open up, and you know, is afraid of being of needing people, emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Her dad dies. He owns a tax. What's that thing with the animal scarring?
3: You know. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: taximony
2: oh tax taxidermy
1: taxidermy Mm -hmm. see it's my it's the morning and Mm -hmm. i can't (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah that uh they own a shop where they have uh dead animals around and they're not all all for sale Mm -hmm. and then the woman's mother decides oh i'm gonna explore sexual fantasies that I didn't get to have when he was alive, so I'm gonna explore it with these animals. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It
1: puts up an art display. Um, then the protagonist falls in love with a woman that's also working with her mom on these displays.
3: Interesting. Mm.
1: And there's also like reminiscing of uh, her brother's ex-wife, mm. who was also involved with her. And then there. Yeah, and then her young nephew and niece are involved in the business.
2: Interesting. So when you read this book, did um, any interest of bestiality come into your no. mind? Okay, just curious. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm glad that you like to read books. So I want to recommend a book for you, okay? Mm-hmm. So since we earlier talked about the sexual fluidity... Um, you know, and I encourage you to, you know, explore whatever might interest you since you have such an open and honest and understanding boyfriend. I think that's a very healthy relationship. And you could explore some things. Regarding your parents, there is a book um, I would like you to read. Um, it is called um, The Way of the Superior Man by David Dieta, and even though it's talking about a man, women can read it too. There is a particular chapter that I think would help you with your relationship with your parents, and it's, it talks about living your life as if your father has died, and the things that you would do if your parents were dead and they could no longer judge you or give you an opinion. And that is really how you should be living your life. Because when we worry about what our parents might think and what so-and-so might think, we're really being codependent when we should be living our truth at all times. So whenever you get the time, I would like you to read that book. And the other thing that I would like you to do is maybe write a letter to your parents. You don't have to give it to them, but write a letter about maybe all the instances or things that they have said that have upset you and forgive them for it. And then moving on in your relationship with your parents, whenever they do give their opinion about something, um, and I don't know if you guys argue or whatever the nature of your relationship is when your parents bring up their issues or things that they get mad at you about, when they do decide to share what I call unsolicited opinion, you didn't ask for it, they just throw it on you. Instead of getting upset or flustered or frazzled about it, you can say, Mom, Dad, I love you. Thank you for your opinion. I will consider it and end the conversation. It's a teaching, uh, it's a Buddhist teaching, um, a way of life, not letting other people's reflections affect your life, okay? So maybe practice, start practicing that. You could start practicing it with strangers, you know? Say you accidentally cut someone off on the freeway or you whatever, someone says, Hey, fuck you, or that's my parking spot or whatever, you know? You can just say, Thank you. Thank you for your opinion. I'll consider it. It's kind of it's a nice way to be an asshole, pretty much. Okay? <laughs> Um, so those are a couple of things, a couple self-work assignments I'm going to give you today, um, but we have a little bit more time, and so I do want to touch base on the other topic that you brought up really quickly um, about your success in comedy, which tends to be a very popular topic here in this room, um, considering all my clients are comedians. Um, so let's start with tell me, what does success mean to you in the comedy industry?
1: I think having someone else book my stuff, and then I just go and perform. A manager. Like a manager, yeah. Okay.
2: So, and is there anything else that you would consider success?
1: Having enough uh, income from comedy where I can comfortably quit the job I'm doing.
3: Okay.
2: And, um, would you only want to do live, um... Stand-up performances, or are there other avenues in comedy that you're pursuing as well? There
1: are other avenues I want to pursue. I'm currently in a sketch. We're still filming it. Okay. Uh, I wanted to do writing. Like, okay. You know, mm-hmm. own sketches, short films. Mm-hmm. Short films. Awesome. Okay, great. Late n- Late-night writing. I want to have a... <laughs> Late night stand-up debut. In the age of everybody wanting to have a Netflix special, I want a late night stand-up debut. Okay. I feel like I have a show in mind, and it's the perfect fantasy Mm -hmm. of Stephen Colbert being like, it's Kate Burrell, and then everybody loves me.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. I'm so glad that you have the visualization going already, because that is the first step really is visualizing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, for one, having a manager is a pretty... It's something that you can definitely get. Um, one thing that I want to tell you is just don't stop. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep writing the sketches. Get those up on YouTube or, you know, TikTok, whatever those things may be. Keep keep putting that, that stuff out there because viral and on the internet that's going to be the quickest way for you to get an audience right rather than performing at a club and maybe there's only 10 people that night or whatever so doing that stuff um offering to help write sketches for other comedians even jokes for other comedians make sure you're getting that credit you know um and then work towards that dream of that late-night stand-up de- debut. You can create your own show. You know, think about all the resources that you have. Create a team. Um, how long have you been doing comedy now? Three okay. years. Okay, three years. So I'm sure you've met a lot of people um, in that three years, right? Right. And as you get to know people, you find out who's good at what and who's good at this and who's good at that, right? Right. Um, On top of that, as you're doing shows, you meet bookers and people that can book you for things. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever done, like, a comedy festival or anything like that before?
1: I haven't. I've submitted to comedy festivals.
2: Good. Keep doing that. Usually, those open up a lot of doors for management, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, you're getting to do a little bit of traveling, depending on where you're submitting to the comedy festivals as well. gives you more experience. Um, I know when I've done comedy festivals, I usually come back home with, you know, more bits to work on, you know, ideas, flooding and, um, things like that. Um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of comedy festivals, you can pick up management that way. Um, and the income that is just, you know, I still haven't you know made enough income to quit my date job I mean <laughs> that's why I'm here helping you um but just keep doing it um if someone is offering you a spot on the show you know are you asking you know what the pay is gonna be you know are are you saying what I'm already it is. assuming
1: like, because so many people I'm working with can't pay mm-hmm. comedians. I'm assuming that it's already free.
2: But don't ever assume is what I'm saying. You know, always ask, yes, I'm interested. And before you say yes, just say, yes, I'm interested. Um, send me the details. What is the pay? If there's no pay, you can ask for gas money, just something to that's going to pay for your time, right? Right. That's going to establish you as a professional comedian you know Mm -hmm. not our time's not free um so always ask and especially if you're you know you're talented and you doing great jokes and especially since you said you mentioned you do clean comedy as well right yeah like you know clean comedy is a good place to make money too so don't ever be afraid to ask ask for the booking ask for the pay you know, but just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, they say, that, I think it was Joe Rogan and a couple other comedians that say, like, you know, you're really not going to be making money until you've been doing it at least 10 years, you know. Um, so just keep trucking away at it. Okay? Okay. Um, anything else that you want to talk about today?
3: Hmm.
1: Sometimes I wonder if I need more friends what makes you wonder that well I mean like maybe 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 more friends is not what I mean maybe more close friends
3: mm-hmm
1: close friends and talk about close friends and talk mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. and I always try to find friends you know it's hard having friends as an adult I uh, grew up lonely as a kid and now as an adult I'm like trying to find people that I can relate to myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't always go to comedy to find those friends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I go to the gym and I try to find those friends, but that's hard.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that you have the potential of making good friends. I mean, looking mm-hmm. at, you know... The fact that you approached your boyfriend initially, right?
1: Yeah. And you
2: reaped that reward. So, you uh-huh. know, keep putting yourself out there. If you meet someone that you like, usually we're attracted to people that re- are relatable to us, right? right? Or maybe someone that we want to be like or maybe someone that's in a place in their life um, uh-huh. that you want to be at. Um, so maybe, maybe look at it like this. Maybe start... Start with maybe trying to find a, a mentor. Do you have a mentor in your life? No. So maybe finding a mentor, and it could be in any subject that you're trying to pursue. Maybe it's a, a mentor um, in school, maybe it's a mentor in comedy, um, maybe it's a, a mentor in fitness, whatever that may be. Um, you know, maybe start looking at finding people that you feel like are maybe doing a little bit better than you and you would like to be there. That's a really good way to start a relationship. And then actually asking that person, hey, can you mentor me in this? A lot of people are taken back by that because they're like, oh, wow. You know, it's, it's a humbling experience. Imagine if someone were to came up to you, maybe they just started doing comedy two months and they asked you to mentor them, Right you probably be a little taken back like that. Like, wow, this person thinks very highly of me or um, at least enough to ask me to help them, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of opens up like this soft spot in that person to want to help you, coddle you, be there for you and be a friend. And that is one way to start a really good relationship. Um, I've had a handful of mentors in my life that had turned into being very, very beautiful, strong friendships who are the closest people in my life. So maybe try that approach, um, on top of, yeah, you know, it can be a little hard trying to find friends at the gym, but you can definitely find them. I've made lots of really great friends at the gym, partly because I worked in one for such a long time, but you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, e-
1: is that what I need to do, working in one for such a long time? <laughs> no. Maybe I, I could mean, just pretend to be there. I could sit behind a desk and be like, I'm a receptionist for the day. Or you <laughs> could just put in
2: more time working out, you know, maybe an extra day, an extra hour a day, or an extra workout a week or whatever, you know. More time you spend there, you're going to see more people there, you know. Um,
1: or not to get too crazy and be like, I'm going to spend a night at the gym. <laughs> this
0: yeah, is my could, new home. <laughs> you can definitely do that for sure. I already paid
1: the mm-hmm, rent.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, in striking up conversations, uh, you know complimenting people honest compliments you know if you see someone's workout gear and you think it's cute say something you know like Uh break the ice just be open um but you don't need too many friends Kate you also want to be careful about who you let in your circle and who you let in your life if someone is not bringing joy into your life or someone's being negative then you have the right to cut them out including your parents. You know, yeah, it might be hard to cut your parents out your life, but creating boundaries with those people that aren't pushing you to be the best person that you are meant to be or anyone that is making you feel negative about yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, darling, I think you're in a good place. Um, it seems like you're very aware of what's going on in your life um and I, think, I also
1: seem to be aware of whether or not I'm being a negative influence on anybody's life unintentionally uh, though you know um sometimes I mean not everyone gets my sarcasm whenever I talk to anyone. oh
2: I completely <laughs> understand um you know sometimes there are people that are on different vibrations than you there are people that are in different stages in your life than you and you know if someone feels that you're being a negative person in their life and they explain that to you... What if
1: they don't? What if they just don't say anything and say anything and then...
2: If you believe that you are being the best person you can be towards that person, then that's all that you can do. If they're not willing to speak up about how you're making them feel, then that's on them. So don't spend too much time in your head worrying about what that person thinks that person cares enough about you and your relationship or cares enough about themselves to speak up then they will right mm-hmm. but if you feel like you're honestly being the best person that you can be and you're treating that person as you are as you would yourself right, right. then there's really nothing you can do so try not to think too much about the things you can't control makes sense
1: makes sense
2: all right so um Thank you so much for coming in today, Kate. Uh, before we leave, um, our audience would probably like to know how they can get in touch with you.
1: I would like to know that, too. <laughs> I still need to get a website. I'm embarrassed to say that. Are you
2: on us? any social media?
1: I'm on Instagram. Awesome. Unfortunately, I haven't been using it in a while because sometimes I don't know what to really post or if people really care about posts. Like, I've, I've noticed promoting shows and things on Instagram, mm-hmm. people seem to brush by it, but if you post something very stupid, uh, pe- more people will notice. And <laughs> The silly thing like, about
2: Instagram, right?
1: And so- it's not just Instagram, it's like Facebook as well.
2: I
3: know.
1: Well, like, is- Facebook stories. I used to promote shows and Facebook stories, and hardly anybody was paying attention once I started posting stupid stuff like, oh, I need more coffee or look at this stupid face I did. More more eyeballs started paying attention to my stories. <laughs> so, well, maybe the followers like out there would like to follow
2: down. you on Instagram. So what's your Instagram handle?
1: Uh, Kate Burrell takes photos.
2: Kate Burrell takes photos. Is it B-O-R-R-E-L? L. Two L's two and two L's. R's. Yeah. All right. Takes photos. Yeah. Perfect. You do photography as well?
1: no it's just a random handle oh okay
2: because it's ig okay
1: yeah and you're on facebook as well yeah
2: you guys can find kate on facebook and instagram and if you'd like to learn a little bit more about kate feel free to visit our website at www.lifecoachingcomedians.com thank you so much for listening today and don't forget that on thursdays we do therapy Namaste.
1: What do I think how today went? Well, I did almost fall asleep in that chair. It's so comfortable. It doesn't even feel like a chair that came from Ikea. Oh, oh, you mean, oh, Lexi. Well, you know, I'll be back to see her. Uh, I'm very thankful my allergies weren't acting up, so maybe I'm not as allergic to therapy as I thought.
2: Oh, Kate. Kate, Kate, Kate. Hmm. She's probably one of my most interesting clients. Um, I definitely want to do a little bit more work with her. Um, I really want to see where this sexual fluidity, um, where it goes and help her develop that a little bit. Um, she seems to be like, she's trying to figure things out and, try to keep her away from the bestiality books um but other than that I mean she's she's a very nice young lady and um who knows maybe it can help her to spice up her love life a little bit but definitely going to have to work a little bit more on the relationship with her mother and her father but yeah
3: I hope to see Kate back into my office